to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Gemini season is here. The sun, north node, Venus, and Mercury are all in Gemini. Gemini is the master of duality, the archetype of the trickster. It is butterfly medicine. We are currently being asked to remain playful, curious, intelligent, and nimble as we consider our current collective mission, our values, and how we receive and transmit communication. I wish to offer so much gratitude and thank you to the almost 4,400 unique listeners to this podcast. If you're new to Stars, Stones, and Stories, I suggest following it in your podcast app and listen to the previous episodes at your leisure. Episodes 16 and 17 cover the Great Conjunction of 2020 And we are and will be living these reverberations for some time to come. So I highly recommend checking out both of those. And episode one is an all-time favorite for many as well. I just want to say I've been battling uh, allergies or cold. I haven't quite narrowed down which one it is 
for the week. And so my voice isn't exactly how it normally is. Bear with me on this episode. It's a really important one. So I had to record it nonetheless. So here we are. Now, I would love for you to continue the conversation around Starstones and Stories via my private social media platform. I have a special Starstones and Stories circle, and the link to join us is in the show notes. It's hosted through the Mighty Networks platform, and if you're familiar with that platform, it's such an amazing one. It's very secure. No one's tracking your data. There's no ads. And when you join my personal network, which is Earthseed Temple Arts, and within there I have a, a circle called Starstones and Stories, everything that you share stays within the group. And um, I'm really excited to be able to host this as a way for us to really dive deeper with what we're receiving, how we're expanding through this podcast. I talk about how we are a hologram for the collective, and this is an opportunity to share your perspective in a way that can really assist others as well. Also, Just before recording this episode, I received an email from Feedspot that this podcast is number seven in the top 20 cosmology podcasts you must follow in 2021. And with that, if you like or love Starstones and Stories, please consider voting in the Quill Podcasting Awards. The voting closes on May 26th, so make sure you vote ASAP. The link is going to be in my show notes as well. And if you're not easily able to access those from the app you're listening in, go to starsstonesandstories.com. And if you click on the show, you will see the show notes and you'll find the link to the Quill podcasting uh, voting portal. And what I'm recommending is you can vote for Starstones and Stories as most innovative podcast and best society and culture podcast. Also, I just want to say we're going to be touching in depth on this eclipse portal in this episode 28 and also in 29. And if you're curious to learn a little bit more about eclipses and how to thrive in these times and these eclipse portals, please check out my journal link, which is also in my show notes. You can also sustain the work by booking a reading with me via support at earthseedtemplearts.com. You can learn more about my offerings, including my astrology readings, and my budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com. And please make sure you're receiving my weekly Venetian love notes. Again, the link is in the show notes. Um, This is my weekly love letter that I send out with a write-up on the current astrology I share about the events I have coming up. I 
have a couple of offerings in June for those of you who live in the Asheville area. I'm really excited to be hosting this Midsummer Festival, which is actually going to be on my birthday. So if you live in the Asheville area or you're going to be coming through the area, please check it out. The event will be live on my website within the next few days of when this podcast is launched, which is May 21st. And um, it's going to be beautiful. It's on this amazing land and we're going to do ceremony and we're going to have sacred drama and there's going to be a movement and meditation and gong sound healing and we're going to build a beautiful stone medicine grid together and there's just so many layers and it's going to be a really profound time to come together as we're building to the zenith of the sun. So save the date for that. It's Saturday, June 19th in the afternoon, going all the way late into the night. So there will be stargazing and a fire council as well. And uh, yeah, make sure you're receiving the Venetian love notes because I do also have virtual events. I'm adding some really fun courses to my mystery school over the summer. So you want to make sure you're in the know about those. And for those of you who are interested in joining joining in Earthseed this spring, but it didn't work for you either because of timing or other alignments, stay tuned because we will have another course in the fall. And I just want to say the people who are in Earthseed are really having deep, profound changes. It's really shifting their lives. And as this is my pilot launch, it's only going to get better. So I would love for you to join us. So make sure you're receiving those Venetian love notes. Make sure you whitelist my email addresses. And um, if you don't know how to do that, check your spam folder. constantly because quite often the emails go there. Welcome to Gemini season. Sun, the North Node, Venus, and Mercury are all in Gemini. This Gemini energy is here to master duality, to work with the yin and the yang, to work with the light and the dark. And it is the archetype of the trickster. It is butterfly medicine. It is the intellect, curiosity, the eternal child, the fool, and we are being asked to remain playful, curious, intelligent, and nimble as we consider this current astrology. Mercury is already in the shadow of retrograde, and as I'm recording this on May 21st, Mercury is coming into a square with Neptune this weekend. So how we think, how we speak, how we write and move about has the potential to be both mystically inspired and utterly confused. So I invite you to give a lot of grace to one another to offer more space in your days, to be fluid, to be apt to change as needed. 
and to be mindful of how you use your words. Words are spells. When we speak, we are speaking spells. We are weaving magic, whether we're consciously or unconsciously aware of it. Saturn goes retrograde on May 23rd. That is Sunday, May 23rd, depending on what time zone you live in. And we know Saturn as this great teacher, as this archetype. Some say Saturn is father time. I personally love to see Saturn in other different lights, and that's all for another podcast episode. Saturn teaches about time and space, boundaries, honor, self-respect, structure, and Saturn is so essential for healthy living in this three-dimensional world. In fact, Saturn is deeply, deeply spiritual. I feel pop astrology doesn't honor the spiritual nature of Saturn. We would not have stone medicine, the mineral kingdom, sacred geometry without the governance of Saturn. Saturn truly teaches us how to be here now. And as we all know, in the winter of 2020, back, well, right actually before winter, the tail end of December, right before the solstice, Saturn went into Aquarius. And Saturn is one of the rulers of Aquarius, the traditional ruler. And we know the sign of Aquarian, it's, it's fixed air energy, it's mental, it's very um, mentally creative, very kind of avant-garde, ahead of its time, offering a lot of solutions, genius solutions, working with technology and science and art, uh, being very concerned for humanity in a way that almost is a bit detached from the emotional sensations of life. And Saturn in Aquarius is truly helping to usher us into this Aquarian age, into this new age, into this what some may deem as this golden age of consciousness. So Saturn is teaching us a lot personally and collectively, and a number of people obviously on the planet are going through their Saturn return. Some are going through their second Saturn return, and it's, it's a potent time. Uh, for us, with Saturn going retrograde, Saturn's gifting us this opportunity to really reflect on what we've learned and experienced both personally and collectively since the Great Conjunction. And you'll know where Saturn is stationing your chart. It's, it's that early degree of Aquarius up to about 14 degrees. And now Saturn's going to turn retrograde and go backwards. So Saturn goes retrograde on May 23rd at 13 degrees, 31 arc minutes. And the Sabian symbol for this is a train entering a tunnel. This is about the ability to shortcut the process of natural evolution, 
by the exercise of will, mental skill, and physical self-discipline. What this frequency is teaching us is that organization is necessary to attain the visions that inspire us. We must take things step by step. So if you've been having a lot of massive visions since the great conjunction of things you want to shift in your life, whether it's your work, your your daily habits, your daily rituals, your self-care, your relationships, your connection to your money, to your finances, to your health, whatever aspect it is, you know, that greater connection to the hopes and dreams, everything must be taken step by step. And as we look to some of the most, what we may deem culturally, the most successful people on the planet, many of these people have very effective daily habits. And everything is about this diligence, this devotion daily. And for me, that has been my path, my practice with the, the, my passions, which are my work, my work with a capital W, my greater work in the world, but also my daily work, what I offer to people, it has been through a consistent love and devotion, weaving these sacred arts into my life, into my daily rhythm, so that I'm literally breathing them, sleeping them. It's all one and the same. And so if you're having visions and hopes and dreams for the future, I encourage you, especially with the Saturn retrograde period, to really take things step by step. Start small. It's better to do a little bit every single day than go all in and fizzle out really fast. Now, as we look to the star sparks of this 14 degrees Aquarius, it is in a pyramid, a dark passageway filled with scorpions. This is about being tested mightily, having to play out fears and doubts as the dying off of old parts of self happens. If you've ever cleansed, you know that there's always that really intense die off period And the die-off is actually creating compost for the new life. So right now, collectively, with this Saturn retrograde and in our personal lives, we have this opportunity to really understand that our own grandiosities can cast a large shadow. And we are discovering what can be fertilized by that shadow to be more deeply present and brimmingly alive. It's actually, this Saturn retrograde is such a beautiful opportunity and it's heavily marking this eclipse season. It's heavily marking this Mercury retrograde season. Everything is feeding into one another. You can't really separate them in my humble opinion. Saturn will be retrograde until October 12th when Saturn will go direct at 6 degrees 53 arc minutes. So as we look to the Sabian symbol of 7 degrees Aquarius, it is a child is seen being born out of an egg. This is the emergence of new mutations according to the great rhythms of the cosmos. 
the cosmic egg, new life born free of ancestral patterning and programs. This is a massive rebirth portal, the Saturn uh, retrograde. It's so beautiful, so magical. If you can really use this time, you can come out the other end in October revitalized, renewed. If you really do your deep inner work and you work to find your shadows and really integrate them, you have an opportunity to clear your ancestral lineage in such potent, potent ways. And one of the things that I love to share in my work is that I really believe each one of us chose this incarnation to be like these representatives of our ancestral lineage. We came in consciously knowing we were doing massive, massive heavy lifting. And with that, we have the tools, we have the backing, we have the power, we have the might of our ancestors. They are like cheering us on, they're assisting us from the other world. And it's just a matter of us learning how to collaborate, or I should say remembering how to collaborate with the other world and to believe in ourselves, to have the confidence that we've got this. And the the star sparks for the seven degrees Aquarius is a woman burning a book of black magic. This is the power to transmute, to overcome, to move beyond all polarizing attitudes and assumptions, to allow all limiting frameworks, even the ones we deemed useful, to dissolve. The rebirth is to a universal alignment of truth, which bears diversity and open-ended questions with equanimity and gladness. So again, I just want to reiterate how powerful the Saturn return is. And I want to give you a little side story about uh, the magic of this because I'm actually recording this portion. I just opened up this portion of the Saturn return on Saturday, May 22nd. And many of you who followed my work and this podcast know that I am absolutely a woman of my word. I deliver my podcast episodes every other Friday, every other Venus day. I have a deep love and commitment to Venus because I am Venus ruled in my chart. And I work very heavily with the Venetian codes on many different layers of my work. There's a lot of things that I do in my work behind the scenes that I don't verbally share, but there's a lot of symbology that goes into my offerings, and so much of it is deeply, deeply related to Venus. And yesterday, I started recording this episode, and I wasn't able to finish it because I had another obligation to go downtown and offer astrology readings. And my plan was to come home and to complete the recording. I had everything ready to go. But uh, my body got really wiped out doing the readings. And one experience I've been having in this eclipse portal, this very particular 
Sagittarius super flower blood moon eclipse portal is that my body has needed way more rest than usual. Like I am a really strong person and I'm a hard worker. I mean, I bring people on pilgrimage to (laughs) places that have very heightened energy and I have no problem keeping up, going on very little sleep if I have to, and holding spaces for people because sometimes when you're traveling on pilgrimage, um, there's a lot of travel in between uh, locations and when you're holding the group energy, um, you know, holding the container comes first and foremost, right? So I'm, I'm very trained in these ways. And um, one of my, uh, we could say superpowers, <laughs> it can remember superpowers can also be flaws. One of my superpowers is that I have Vesta on my midheaven in Cancer. So I am just uh, so incredibly devoted as this I really tap deeply into this divine feminine mother archetype. And I, when I hold that space, that frequency just flows through me. You know, I'm just the channel. It's not me. It's, it's this divine feminine frequency that's available to all of us. So my capacity to give can be quite infinite. And wow, this eclipse portal is really intense. And I have spent a lot of this past week lying on my back. (laughs) I've been working here and there as well, but my voice, I lost my voice and um, I've just needed a lot of rest. And I know a lot of people have been talking about um, their own bodies and what they've been going through in the last couple of weeks as well. So basically I got home from holding these reading spaces and I had to lay down like it was not an option and then I rested and I took a shower because one thing I talk about and I really encourage you to work with water as a healing element I find healing water to be deeply deeply rejuvenative rejuvenative and regenerative. And so for me, I take baths very often and um, showers when um, the shower is called. And I was called for the shower because I knew I needed to wash my hair as well. And this is an ancient technology, utilizing water to regenerate. Water is so powerful and so potent. And so I um, took a shower and that really restored me and I had some dinner and then I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to finish my podcast. And I sat down to begin and I started and like, it just wasn't right. The frequency was not right. And I said, you know what? I need, I need to go to sleep. And so it was really hard for me because I do love to deliver these podcasts every other Friday. And this is the first time ever that I've been doing this in now um, 28 episodes. It's 54 weeks of crafting this podcast for you all. 
And I also didn't send my Venetian love notes this Friday because I wanted to wait and send them when this episode was complete. So I share this antidote with you because we're all learning how to make these readjustments. And I'm sharing very vulnerably and openly with you because I am incredibly devoted to my work. It is my second child, and I love crafting all of the offerings I do. I mean, it is my art. It is my devotion. It is what lights me up and makes me feel so grounded and connected to earth and to all of you who um, write to me and speak about how you've been touched. I mean, this is a very mutual exchange between us. And with that, we're all learning about the spaces and places where we've been programmed and where we feel like we're going to let people down and we're not. And for me, like the power of my word and my obligations are everything. With that vest on the midheaven, it's almost to um, detriment. It can be to detriment, right? Anything in our chart that is positive can be a negative and vice versa. And so I share this like very deeply and personally to say to you that sometimes we have to pull back, right? And I knew I could have gotten that podcast out last night and delivered it to you all on Venus Day. I knew I could do it, but the quality would have suffered immensely. So much so that I had not put in the Saturn retrograde piece. In fact, I mentioned I in my notes I had Saturn retrograde, but I had forgotten to take the time to look up the star sparks and the Sabian symbols. And when I looked at them this morning, which is Saturday, Saturn day, I was like, of course, like Saturn in some way was behind this because I had left Saturn out of this very important episode. And the Saturn retrograde is like such an important key to this eclipse portal that we're in the midst of right now. So with that, I just want to say, please take really good care of yourself. And this is something we're all learning. Even people who proclaim self-care practices, right? Like we're all learning how to take better care of our bodies because we've all grown up and been raised in such an intense patriarchal culture that tells us we have to work, 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 and that rest doesn't matter, that rest is not generative, that rest doesn't equate to what, you know, the patriarchy has deemed as productivity. And I just want to say, when I speak about this, this is not male against female. This is a level of consciousness. And what we know about the matriarchy is that the matriarchy holds all right? Like you can go back to so many of my old Venetian love note posts on my website and my journal. And time and time again, I've said there is a seat for everyone at the table of the goddess. And I mean that. I know that so deeply within my bones. And 
the thing about this matriarchal culture that is really what we are co-creating as we open up this age of Aquarius, this new age, this golden age, is that rest is regenerative, right? Like as we look at the cycle of life, death, and rebirth, right? There is no real death. And to rest is to regenerate, to restore so that we can create again. You can't just keep creating, 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 producing, 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 right? That That's what the patriarchy has convinced us of because that is capitalism's greatest strength is just to wear people out, to make people feel as if they are just cogs on a wheel and they are disposable. But the truth is, none of us is actually disposable. You, yes, you are so incredibly needed on the planet right now. Your medicine is so needed. And last night I had the great honor. I always love it when I get to read for families. And I had the great honor of this mother and her two children coming. And um, I'm not going to reveal personal information because, you know, this is confidential. But I do want to say that they're all going through their Saturn return. They all have Saturn in Aquarius. Obviously, the mother is going through her second Saturn return. And what I intuited, like, just from sensing into um, her son's frequency was that there was a lot of, and I could also see it in his chart where there was a core wound around um, really being his self, like shining, shining in his truth. And of course, this is a core wound for so many of us. And he's basically created a life where uh, he is a servant of technology. You know, he he programs. He's a computer gaming programmer. And he's absolutely an artistic genius. I could see that in his chart. But he's not activating that part of himself. And so um, it it's going to cause harm, right? Like when we're not living our truth, it's going to cause harm. And I just use that as an example because that is many of us. We've all been there, so many of us. And so many of us are still doubting. And we can look at these social media platforms and it can be like, well, I already see like a hundred people doing what I want to do. Like, what do I matter? Why does the world need me to do it? But the thing is, is There's no one that has your story, your journey around it. And it's your story, your journey that got you to where you're going and to where you are that is your medicine and that how you have met your story and how you have overcome whatever challenges have been uh, given to you on your path that is where the medicine is. And 
even if it's just five people or one person you touch in the world because of your unique journey, that matters because we are a web, we are a collective, we are a hologram for the collective. And it's not about numbers, right? Like we're in the Aquarian age, we're moving more and more to this rebirth of a matriarchal world in the sense that quantity no longer matters. That illusion has been busted. And may that be even more true for you as Saturn goes retrograde, as the woman burns the book of black magic. May you transmute and overcome and allow all limiting frameworks, even the ones you deemed useful, may you allow them to dissolve and this rebirth come alive within you so that you align to your greatest truth. And so as we're looking at this astrology, we know on Wednesday, May 26, we have the Sagittarius Superflower Blood Moon Eclipse. And I'm going to speak more in depth about that later on in this episode. On the following day, Thursday, Venus squares Neptune, and Venus is our love, our values, and she's in Gemini. And so she's very much focused on our social connections, our intellect, our mind, our communication, how we're learning, exchanging ideas. And Neptune is the high heart. It's agape. It's deep love, spiritual love, brotherhood, sisterhood, you know, that universal love that connects all. And Neptune's in Pisces. Um, and Neptune is also conjunct Pallas Athene as well. I'm just looking at my chart to confirm that, that my memory is correct. Yeah, so they're conjunct. And so Neptune, our high heart, is meeting Pallas Athene. She's the goddess of the high mind where we're very mentally creative. And they're both in Pisces, which is very mystical. It's poetic. It's about the imagination and bringing our dreams to realization. And so our intellect and our mind is meeting up where are the challenges around the things we're visioning through the poetic landscape, that mythopoetic landscape. And it's it's an opportunity to take stock as we prepare for this Mercury retrograde, which comes in on Saturday, May 29th. Now, we know that Mercury uh, rules both the signs of Gemini and Virgo. He's the messenger god, and when he goes retrograde, he's the psychopomp. Mercury is the mind-soul connection that teaches us how to navigate the realms of spirit and matter. Mercury rules what is called the lower mind, and we could say Uranus rules the higher mind. And so this is all about our logic, our intelligence, our language, how we analyze and categorize, how we think, how we speak, how we learn, how we reason. 
And Mercury goes retrograde about three or four times each year. So this is a very normal thing. (laughs) Pop astrology makes it seem totally crazy, but it's normal. (laughs) It's important that we have time to reflect. And Mercury offers us this. And I personally love Mercury retrogrades. I think they're deeply powerful times. This year, we're having all Mercury retrogrades and air signs, and it's the first time in a, in a bit, in a minute, because the last couple of years, we had all Mercury retrogrades in water signs. So there was a lot of um, feelings and intuition and kind of like psychic revelations in those Mercury retrogrades. Well, this Mercury retrograde that happens on May 29th is in Gemini in Mercury's home sign, And so absolutely, this is going to be a Mercury retrograde that is very tied to travel and communication and writing and ideas. So uh, definitely dot all your I's, cross all your T's, read, read, and reread any message you send. Think about the tone and how it could be perceived by another. If in doubt, refrain from speaking, refrain from sending. It's better to do less during this time period because remember, this isn't a typical Mercury retrograde. We've got Saturn retrograde. Pluto's also retrograde. We're in the midst of an eclipse portal. So much is changing. Give space. Give yourself grace. Allow yourself to revise deadlines. Just as I have, even with this podcast, like Really be kind to yourself and know that your true people are going to understand. In fact, they're going to respect you even more for your decision to do things with a greater amount of quality versus quantity, right? So the shadow for this Mercury retrograde actually opened on May 15th, which means we've already been in it. And it Mercury stations retro on May 29th at 6.35 p.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time at 24 degrees, 43 arc minutes, Gemini. Mercury will go direct on June 23rd at 16 degrees, 8 arc minutes, Gemini. And then the shadow, he will be completely out of the shadow on July 7th. So uh, when thinking of major contracts, weddings. I mean, I imagine if you're listening to this and you have a wedding planned, it's going to be tricky to revise it. But for anyone who happens to be in the midst of wedding planning, please hire an astrologer to look at some dates for you. It's so worth it. I love it when people come to me and they're thinking about either buying a house or getting married. Please counsel with an astrologer because You really don't want to get married in a Mercury retrograde, a Venus retrograde, Mars retrograde either. Um, Buying a house in Mercury retrograde or Venus retrograde, I wouldn't recommend it, although sometimes you have to do those things, right? Like it's not, none of this is cut and dry. So I just want to say that, but it's a general blanket suggestion. Now, when Mercury goes retrograde at 25 degrees Gemini, this is the Sabian symbol of a gardener trimming large palm trees, bringing under control nature's power of expansion. 
And as we consider the mind, it may grow in many different directions as it's like attempting to catch the sun's rays. The symbols craft the uniqueness of each culture. And right now we're living in an age where an entirely different approach to education is a part of this transition. And that's something that I've been speaking about with this eclipse access between Gemini as the North Node and Sagittarius as the South Node. And we're going to go a little bit more in depth in a moment about that. A cave in deep ocean waters. This is the star sparks for 25 degrees Gemini. You remember the future if you drop into it and keep sinking deep within. Perhaps it looks like the past. Perhaps you have the ability to realize your purpose and destiny. We can go backwards. We can go forwards. We can go deep within. The signs are deep within stored within the codes of our ancestral memories, our starry origins. And finally, on June 2nd, Venus shifts from Gemini into Cancer. So our love and our values go from the mind into the feelings. And with that, we have this closing of the lunar cycle, the final Um, last phases of the moon before we prepare for that new moon solar eclipse on June 10th. On June 3rd, the sun trines Saturn retrograde on that Thursday and Venus trines Jupiter. And so Venus um, is trining Jupiter and Pisces, Venus and Cancer, and then the sun is trining Saturn and Aquarius. So lots of gifts can be received on that day. This trine is happening both between those two teaching planets that met up with the Great Conjunction in December of 2020. So there's definitely, um, you know, it's like we're building. We're starting to build from this Great Conjunction, and we can really start to see how things have shifted and what's coming. And so it's an exciting time. And this eclipse portal, as we know, is quite potent, to say the least. So I just want to speak briefly about eclipses in general. For those of you who are like, I don't know what an eclipse is. Eclipses open up new portals and new dimensions in our lives. And they occur when the dragon's head and tail, also known as the nodes of the moon, are conjunct either the sun or the moon. This can occur with either the new moon when the sun and the moon meet a node known as a solar eclipse, or when a node is conjunct the full moon, which is known as a lunar eclipse. And as we know, full moons occur when the sun and the moon oppose one another. So they're directly across the zodiacal wheel from one another, 180 degrees apart. Eclipses are potent portals that work together as a unit. They move in these 18 to 19 year cycles. The ramifications contain threads of stories that could last for two years, 18 years, 36 years, 54 years, 72 years, 
and so on. The Babylonians were the first astrologers to track these cycles, which are called sorrow cycles. And the sorrow cycles are like broad strokes on a canvas. They can run over a thousand years. So that's when we look at the eclipses from a much larger perspective. What we see in our lives is only a mere blink of an eye compared to the storyline that is running through an eclipse cycle. Now, as we're talking about the nodes of the moon, they're not physical astronomical bodies. They're points in space. They're vortexes of energy. And anytime we have a vortex of energy, they carry a deep cosmic meaning. Like when we're talking about Black Moon Lilith in a chart, and I spoke about her in depth, I believe it was in episode 27. If not, it was 26. Black Moon Lilith there's very little of her astronomical body left. Like she's mostly just a vortex, which amplifies her dark goddess energy. And it's powerful. It's potent. And these nodes of the moon are also potent. They're potent in our charts and they're potent in our lives. And they're subtle at the same time. Now, Vedic astrology has compared the nodes to a cosmic dragon, a mother of all serpents. Just like a serpent sheds its skin, so does the dragon with massive deaths and rebirths. And I really gravitate towards this. I don't practice Vedic astrology, but I, I really gravitate towards the dragon aspect of eclipses. And for me, that's something that I trace deeply because as many of you know, I've been studying Paleolithic and Neolithic goddesses academically for over 20 years now. And I'm really interested in how these depictions, they're primordial, they're, they're, um, universal as well. We find them in cultures all over the earth. And so there's a there's a languaging, right, that's coming through that's teaching us about the cycle of life, death, and rebirth, and this power of the mother frequency of all serpent energy. And this is powerful. This is part of what we're reclaiming collectively. Because for much of the earth at this time, much of the earth has been Christianized, and particularly within Christianity. And as we look to all of the monotheistic, uh, biblical-based religions, being Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, they all have this narrative within it because they all look to Genesis, what we know of the written Genesis, right? Like not not what is the actual Genesis, but what man wrote or rewrote numerous times to create a storyline that um, has controlled many people and many civilizations. And this is a deep fear of serpent energy. It's a deep fear of the feminine frequency of womb regeneration of the power of the blood of the feminine 
and what that means. And we know water is life. We know blood is life. We know blood is sacred. So this is a whole other topic and we could go into a wormhole with this and we we will absolutely revisit this because these are the these are my deep passions and I'm sure for many of you they're also yours. I just want to say if you're new to this podcast and new to any of these kind of thoughts around serpent energy and if you're Christian or you come from another monotheistic religion and you are not comfortable with snakes, I just want to say you're welcome here. And this is not about criticizing any religious beliefs. This is about looking to ancient symbolism that peoples have honored since the beginning of time as we know it. And as we reclaim these ancient powers, we reclaim our ability to rebirth with that cosmic egg, as we were talking about, as Saturn goes direct. Now, the North Node, or the Ascending Node, shows where the moon crosses the elliptic from south to north. And this is the dragon's head. It's the path of Dharma. It's where we learn to fall, fly by falling down a space of spiritual growth and integration. It's very awkward. It's the wild unknown. And during an eclipse, time can literally speed up. Timelines may dramatically switch. And so we can have wild new beginnings coming in. And this eclipse that's coming up on Wednesday is a lunar eclipse. So the lunar eclipse is when the south node or the descending node is conjunct the full moon. This activates our path of karma, our gifts, our shadow, where we get cozy and stuck. It is the path of least resistance, and it is where we're being asked to grow beyond, but it is also our reservoir of resources. This is also our connection to what is known as the Akashic Records. So eclipses bring truth, truth that we need to see, know, and feel, and they tend to mark major events from birth to death to wild new beginnings and endings. They can herald vast unexpected shifts. Within all eclipses, there's an ending and a beginning. So I've been saying now for, since that Taurus new moon that the eclipse portal has opened and it is open through the middle of June. With that being said, we at any point within the eclipse portal can experience vast new beginnings and dramatic closures. So even though on Wednesday we have the full moon lunar eclipse, some people, yes, around this time will experience great closures. There will be a a lot of shedding, a lot of letting go. And for me, like I've definitely been feeling a lot of closure energy. And at the same time, some people are going to experience wild new beginnings right around that eclipse. So the energy, it's really hard to predict and track and trace. And I just encourage you to sink into that because some astrologers might be very definitive in what it means, but 
This is wild card energy. And wild card energy is called wild card for a reason. We don't always know how it's going to land. We know the frequencies we're going to be meeting, but we don't know how they're going to take shape. And the moment you try to predict wild card energy, it's going to show you something completely out of the box and out of the blue. So the access of Gemini Sagittarius that we're working with right now in this eclipse portal, the nodes of fate, the north node and south node, went into this access in May of 2020. And we had really potent eclipses last year. That's actually around the time I started this podcast. And we had that, wow, that... (laughs) That Sagittarius full moon lunar eclipse, I think it was on June 5th of 2020, that was like so deep and so powerful. And then we had a um, Gemini solar eclipse and last winter and late fall in November, we had the Gemini full moon lunar eclipse and then... On December 14th, right before the Great Conjunction, a week before, we had the total solar eclipse in Sagittarius, and that was such a potent time. If you haven't listened to episodes 16 and 17 of this podcast, I really encourage you to go back to listen to those because, again, we're still feeling the reverberations of that. Now, currently, the nodes of fate, the north node is in Gemini. So the north node is where we're headed, and this is affecting us personally. So anywhere in your chart where you have the Gemini energy, you've been getting like a reboot, we could say, and some of you are having what is called a nodal return. And collectively, we're being guided to know our community to be willing to express ourselves, to create new ideas, new ways of learning, to build new educational systems that serve, to create hands-on experience, which is fascinating, right? Because since the nodes of fate went into this access, we've had way more people learning online with the pandemic. And even though online learning is not super sensory. Many of us are using our hands immensely, right? Because to type, to use the electronic, you've got to use your fingers and your hands and your arms. So we've probably been overacting that and maybe not in the best holistic ways for our bodies. So that's something we want to be taking stock of. But this is also about knowing our community. And when I say community, we can think of the greater network through the internet, yes, but also knowing your your community, your neighbors, the brothers and sisters you live around, that's important as well. With the south node in Aquarius, we're also learning how to dissolve old beliefs 
how to let go of that which stunts our growth, how to let go of a reliance on books and gurus. We know the age of the guru is long gone. And because there's this awakening between the Gemini Sagittarius axis, which is all about mind and intellect and belief, this is a beautiful time to be working with mind strengthening herbs and stones. So brain tonics like rhodiola and lion's mane, stones like sujolite and aquamarine are really helpful. We want to be building teamwork, building bridges between our sisters and our brothers. We want to consider writing more and teaching the things we're passionate about sharing our adventures and our experiences and utilizing story as medicine, being progressive and offering out-of-the-box solutions. And you know that you're stuck in that south node if you're afraid to challenge an idea or if you're insisting your philosophy is the only correct one. That means that we have to represent a myriad of belief systems right now. Many are going to be disentangling the past. It's time to go beyond the me to the we. Our belonging and sense of sanctuary now need to be extended to our local communities and the earth at large. So we're really dissolving old paradigms with the South Node in Sagittarius. And if we find ourselves bowing down to gurus and relying on the ancient texts, we know we need to disentangle from the old ways. Now, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Like the ancient ways matter. The ancient roots matter. The cultures and civilizations that have been built absolutely matter. And we want to honor those traditions. However, we're really building anew. And so many of us have these star seed origins from places that might be like Sirius, Orion, Lyra, the Pleiades, Andromeda, Vega, Venus, Antares, Arcturus, Centaurus, Alpha, Pegasus, and on and on and on. But what we're going through is this process of timelines and ancient beliefs dissolving. And we want to ask, where have we idolized the past? This even includes in like mythological civilizations like Lemuria and Atlantis, and even looking to ancient Egypt. Where have we idolized the past? Where have the traumas of fallen cultures riddled our bones? And also, where has truth been distorted? Because that has happened quite a lot. As I've stated before, we are an intergalactic family. And as we go deeper into this age of Aquarius, we're dissolving the barriers around race and gender and culture because becoming human and being human and staying human, staying human, acknowledging the organic world matters more than ever. 
So we must acknowledge we are a representative of a multitude of star seed nations. We are made of stardust. That is a fact. We are the Magdalens. We are the holy ones who have come in these times to embody life in the flesh, to honor the sanctity of the body temple, that we are holy, right? Like last night, I had to stop recording because I was like, my body is holy and my body is telling me it needs rest and I have to honor this. So in this eclipse portal, we want to be like water. We want to flow. We want to be open to shift and to grow. And time bending is absolutely a part of any eclipse portal. In fact, in my opinion, I think it is the new wave, the new way of this Aquarian age. Time bending is understanding that anything that has mass sits on a piece of fabric in time, on a thread of fabric, which can cause what is like a dimple or a bending movement. And with the bending of space-time, objects move on a curved path, and that curvature of space is what we know as gravity. Gravity is not a force, but a consequence of the distortion of time and space. And as we understand more and more that time is a construct, right? Like what is real is that time exists in all capacities. You are existing here and now in a multitude of timelines And the more you're able to sink into that truth, the more you're able to easily touch those other timelines. Now, for many of us, we need that separation for our own psyche organization. It would be too much to access all timelines at once, right? So it's something we want to be very careful about. And this concept of timeline jumping is one where you may able be able to exist in different realities at once. And one could say that it is indeed your birthright to alter your timeline and the potentials of your life. For many of us, we have literally been hypnotized into believing that we're limited to one timeline. However, we can find a way to literally allow different timelines come together. And by that willingness, we can select, we can identify the timeline we would rather, we prefer to be existing within. That requires a shift in the vibrational state so that we match the timeline that we wish to live in. And you have to lock in that vibrational state and hold that frequency. And then from there, you take an action that is an expression of that vibrational state 
and that new timeline. And you just continue to cycle through in holding that state that matches the timeline you wish to exist within and lock it in and continue to take those actions. When it comes to time bending, another practice is to just ride your natural waves of inspiration to be free of forcing anything. Notice when the energy comes to life and ride it, which means you could literally complete like three weeks of work in just a few hours. And this is that inspirational well. This is how we are to be like water. Another practice to time bend is to find yourself in deep meditation and to bring yourself into a super conscious state in the astral plane where time does not exist. For some of you, that's going to be accessible. And for some, it doesn't sound practical enough. So I want to offer you one more practice. And I shared this in episode 16, which was dedicated to that total solar eclipse and the great conjunction. You can stand straight facing the direction that feels least comfortable for you. And you're going to visualize the direction you wish to go in your life. So you're going to visualize that which you want to experience. You're going to feel it, smell it, taste it, touch it, hear it. You're going to create it in technicolor. And then from there, you're going to take five deep breaths, turn 360 degrees counterclockwise. And as you do so, you are literally working with the curve of the natural world. Therefore, as you do that, you are working with symbolism and physically turning the energy around your electromagnetic field. May the force be with you. And so this brings us to the Sagittarius flower, Super Blood Moon, Total Lunar Eclipse. As we know, on Wednesday, May 26, we have this Sagittarius full moon eclipse. It's a total eclipse. And this whole week is about really shining a light on what we need to shed and let go of. The powerhouse astrology of 2020 gave many of us an opportunity to dissolve large parts of our old identities. However, as everything is like a cycle and an onion in life, we could say there's still many layers to peel back. As we've been discussing, there are, we are in the process of culturally and personally closing out this dead patriarchal paradigm. And with that, there are many programs to rewrite. This Sagittarius lunar eclipse comes after that Scorpio Buddha full moon, which was really potent for so many of us. And we cleared out quite a lot. 
And this eclipse is going to allow us to bring things to closure, to let go of old beliefs that will not serve us in the days to come. This is the last lunar eclipse of this access. So it's major, major closure. And a year ago around this time, we had the personal planet of Venus retrograde in this eclipse portal. But this year we have Mercury retrograde. So there's a lot of layers we're working with. And what has really come to me intuitively, I'm speaking from my own tuition, intuition, not about the astrology, but what I've just transmitted and received is that I think it's really important to take some time around this lunar eclipse and to create a space of deep integration. In fact, I am going to offer that as a practice to do with this eclipse. Quite often, I normally record a special meditation. I'm going to thread into here an older recording of the Ka body meditation because connecting with your Ka body is so important. This is like your energy double and it is a part of yourself. It is your well of resources, your reservoir of resources, and so important to tune into. And we have this great technology. We have the ancient Egyptians to thank for it as they stress the importance of the Ka body, the energy double. Your energy double is the opposite gender of you and roughly about the same size. It is the double of who you would be if you were the opposite gender, how you would dress, how you would appear, what your strengths and talents would be. And the Ka body walks with you throughout life. However, many of us are not attuned to it. And when we travel the land of Kemet in this contemporary time, we really have an opportunity to connect and weave with our Ka body. The Ka body is essential for really claiming your self-confidence, your powers, and your abilities because so much of where we doubt ourselves, it's that we've forgotten we have that multitude of resources and our Ka body is there to protect us. So I wish for you, in honor of this eclipse portal, I wish for you to connect with your Ka and I wish for you to take some time and journal and reflect back to the total solar eclipse in August of 2017. I don't know of the astrological connection. I mean, I could I could tell you about the the sextile relationship and the trine and all of that that's happening with the nodes between that eclipse in August of 2017. That was a total solar eclipse and it was visible in parts of the world. It went over, it crossed over the United States in particular. And a lot of the experience of the pandemic, uh, the places that got really hard hit, 
um, was in the path line of that crossing of that total solar eclipse. There's something about what we've been through since that total solar eclipse to where we are now. And it's necessary we take time to integrate, to give gratitude, to give thanks, to also honor ourselves. Like, what have you accomplished since August of 2017? Go back. If you've been writing your intentions for many, many moons, take some time and look at some of those intentions. See where you've come. Celebrate yourself. Honor yourself. Let us celebrate ourselves collectively, how much we've grown since August of 2017. Yes, we still have quite a ways to go collectively, but the patriarchy wants us to forget, to integrate, to honor, to rest, and integration is essential. So I am calling this the eclipse of integration because I believe that this is such a key part and it is going to prepare you for that solar eclipse that is coming on June 10th. And I have so much more to share with you in episode 29 about that eclipse and about these other layers that want to get woven in. However, what is most important now is that you're knowing how to integrate. And so... With that, I want to remind you to go to the water, to be like water, to trust that water always gets to where it's going. And we're in a water year, in the element of water. So water is very, very important right now. Make sure you're very well hydrated, that you're drinking plenty of water. Drink extra water right now. Now, the timing of this eclipse depends on your time zone. It will last for about five hours. It begins at 4.47 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. The total eclipse will be at 7.11 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and the completion will be at 10.52 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. This is a supermoon. It is a blood moon. It is very close to the earth. It's very powerful. It's very potent. There is major, major closure happening with this. The full moon is exact at 7.14 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Now, there's a sense of adventure. Sagittarius wishes to explore and expand the horizons of the mind and the world. This is the energy, the frequency of the centaur, of the seeker, the wild horse, the wandering gypsy, the adventurer, the philosopher. There's optimism coming in. We wish to look forward. We are activating our inner teacher, our sage, our priest, our priestess. We are expanding by being independent, eternally optimistic, a risk taker. We know we're in the shadow energy if we're feeling jealousy or envy of others, if we're being overly blunt or avoiding commitment or being impatient. Because Sagittarius is fire energy, there's a lot of creativity, a lot of inspiration, spontaneity, passion that's going to come through. We're connecting different dots 
And Jupiter is ruling over the Sagittarius full moon. And remember, Jupiter has just gone into his home sign of Pisces. Jupiter is so happy right now. Now, this full moon occurs at 5 degrees, 25 arc minutes Sagittarius. The Sabian symbol for 6 degrees Sagittarius is a game of cricket. This is the development of skill in group situations, testing collective goals. We know each person has a particular role to play within the group dynamics. We are all learning fairness and cooperation. We are learning how to allow our differences to create an honoring of diversity. The question is, why are we still accepting genocide, hunger, and lack consciousness on earth? There is a seat for everyone at the table of plenty of the divine feminine frequency. Now, six degrees Sagittarius, the star sparks, is a pair of shoes with live wings on each. This is a nod, in my opinion, to Mercury, the hermaphrodite god with wings on his shoes. Mercury, who is stationing retrograde just a couple of days after this eclipse. Now, we know in times of intensity, instead of collapse, rigidity, or fear, the way is often in and through, acceptance and surrender. As we spoke of the deep connection to Black Moon Lilith in previous episodes, the Dark Goddess, allow her to carry you through. In that being carried, you will discover freedom. We wish to, at the same time, hold tightly to our intentions, our dreams, our prayers, our hopes. So many layers are happening with this eclipse. Vesta in Virgo is being squared by the moon just as Jupiter in Pisces is. So our devotion and where we're expanding is being tested by this moon. But the moon is also trining Chiron in Aries. So where we're doing this deep divine masculine healing, that is the growth edge. I wish to remind you to be like water in these times. Human, the human experience can feel immense. Be gentle with yourself. It is essential to practice daily grounding, particularly during an eclipse portal. Each one of us is feeling the effects of this gateway through mid-June. So be like water. Let life flow. Be flexible and know you will always get to where you need to go. The divine has your back. This lifetime has so much to offer you. And may you be open to those seeds of possibility. Know that it is possible to live in the highest of frequencies while those around you might be in what looks like an illusion of suffering. So we wish to have compassion in these times. We wish to thread with unity consciousness, with the holy hologram of life, as each one of us steps deeper and deeper into our master frequencies. As we access our star alliances through our starry families, our starry origins, we have the capacity to go the distance. Remember, as they said in the final Star Wars 
episode 9. They win by making you think you are alone. There are more of us. There are so many more of us within the cosmos. And so with that, I bow to you to be brave, to be bold in these times, and to be like water. Blessed be. Please take a moment to turn off your phone, any other electronic devices, to close your door and come and lie down or sit quietly in a space that feels comfortable, taking perhaps a sip of water, whatever you need to settle into the space to be present, to find center, to find relaxation. Take some long, deep breaths as you settle in a little bit more, perhaps moving throughout the body, shifting here and there, finding that perfect equilibrium, that still point as you come fully rested into this now moment, dropping away all thoughts letting the mind find ease, beginning to imagine that this cascade of the most pure holy water is rushing over your body so elegantly, so gently. As the water moves through your body, literally through the cells of your being, you are cleansed and washed pure in this time and this space. All fears, all concerns, all disease is washed away with the water that literally goes through every part of who you are deep into your essence, restoring you here and now. And just Continue to allow that water to rush through you, around you, grounding you, anchoring you, purifying you, so that you become more and more relaxed here and now, feeling more and more in your true essence. And you begin to notice that you're floating on your back in this vast ocean and you just allow yourself to bob in the water feeling completely at ease the sun feels so good the the rays of the sun are just the perfect amount of heat to make you feel even more and more relaxed and yet there's not a part of you that has any fear around your skin being harmed or burned, you just feel so at ease in this water, just bobbing with the waves, moving here and there. And you begin to move so free that you don't even notice, but somehow it's like you've fallen asleep And you wake up and you're lying in the sand. 
and the sun is setting the most beautiful rich sunset so many shades of pink and purple and blue and orange and yellow like the entire rainbow has appeared in the colors of the sunset and as you stand up and dust yourself off you find yourself wearing the most elegant outfit you're not even sure where it's come from but you just feel so at peace and so whole and you look to the west to the setting sun and then you look to the other side of you and you see this large large step pyramid and you just feel this really fierce sensation to begin to climb it so you do you begin to walk step by step going up this pyramid and with each step that you take you reflect on your life you reflect on some of the most significant moments of your life that somehow bring you all the way back to childhood you reflect on your lineage and the ancestors in your lineage that it you can feel them all around you as you're walking up step by step and as you walk you turn every once in a while to look at the sun setting further and further until it's completely disappeared and the sky becomes darker and darker and as the sky becomes darker and darker more and more stars appear so many stars it's like a carpet of stars above your head and you're just in complete utter amazement as you walk step by step going up step by step and as you move so many visions begin to come through you you're not sure if they are yours or your ancestors or who they may be who they may belong to however you just have the most rich imagery coming to life within your consciousness as you continue to walk step by step and you find yourself just looking the your jaw is like almost at the bottom of the pyramid the base of the pyramid with awe at how many stars and the milky way is just dancing so beautifully the stars it's like they're alive and you feel this magnetic pull to the stars as you continue to walk step by step up so close to the very top and as you're walking you feel this magnetic pull and it is vibrating within every cell of your being you feel so alive 
and you reach the top of this pyramid and you sit at the top cross-legged and you close your eyes and immediately you find yourself journeying through the stars swimming almost flying almost moving through time and space journeying where you are filled with this pure starry consciousness full remembrance of who you are and who you've always been you remember you remember everything and these tears of pure joy slowly move down the cheeks of your face at this remembrance of the beauty of creation and you continue to journey finding your source of origin in the multiverse and you continue to journey now feeling as if you're coming closer and closer back to earth and as you do you see the transformation of star to human and the agreement to forget these starry origins and you begin to cry more tears at this forgetting knowing that you too will forget how interconnected and how awe-inspiring all of creation truly is and you find yourself consciously aware of your physical body again seated at the top of this pyramid and you feel a presence you feel a presence behind you this being seated it is a full presence however it is not a physical body and you stay seated and you tap into this energy realizing that this is your ka this is your energy double seated here behind you supporting you so radiant and so strong and balancing the duality of who you are and you allow your spine to sit up a little taller and you allow yourself to sink a little bit back to be supported by this magnificent force that is you you in your complete wholeness you in your complete divinity you dancing like Aung San Wahe Guru a trillion 30 trillion cells dancing with this 
pure divinity pulsating and you begin to feel you and your ka merging as one through your spines and you begin to feel the swirling going in a clockwise and a counterclockwise direction multifold and you begin to see through your inner eye all forms of sacred geometry and you begin to see the cells of who you are radiating with this ancient primal wisdom and you feel the sacred breath of life you draw the sacred breath of life in and you give thanks you give thanks for this Mary's Codex. I entreat you today, who exists forever. I praise you today, Yao, who is coming upon the clouds of heaven. Sabaoth, who is stronger than them all, who exists before all the eons, before heaven and earth appeared. Heaven became for you a throne, and the earth a footstool at your feet. Listen to me today through your great, blessed name. Let all things submit to me, for I am Mary. I am Mariham. I am the mother of the life of the whole world. I am myself. Let the rock split before me today. Let the iron dissolve before me today. Let the demons withdraw before me today. Let the powers of the light appear to me. Let the angels and the archangels appear to me today. Let the doors that are bolted and closed open for me at once and quickly so that your name may become my helper in life, whether in all the day or in all the night. Thank you for sharing sacred space. 
My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.